0: Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. With much trepidation, yielding to pressure to avail ourselves of more superstitious devices than a Major League Baseball relief pitcher. Cautiously, hopefully, the door opens ever so minutely, emitting a sliver of light. May we see professional football in 2020. Outpost Podcast, a proud member of the Armchair All-Americans Network. It is July 26, 2020. This is Tom coming to you from Sawdust Studios in the Washington, D.C. Outpost. Nick joins me from the Houston Outpost.
1: What's that? Is that a sponsor?
0: Not yet. I just finished 12 hours of Zoom meetings with my board of directors over this weekend, so that's why we're recording late, which I'm allowed to avail myself now at 5 o'clock of tall frosty IPA and I raise a toast to the completion of this gauntlet and I also want to raise a toast to my esteemed colleague Stacy who had her hand on the controls all weekend of this meeting she listens to the Steelers Outpost podcast from time to time she has some paradoxical loyalties I, I think her dad has season tickets to the Ravens but she is also a Steelers fan so
1: I'm just gonna look at that as scouting related Season tickets yeah. for scouting purposes to feed information back to the Steelers organization. And I think and we can it, all be confident that that's what the situation is.
0: My bet is you're right about that, by the way. She, she, her loyalties really probably are with the black and gold. You feel good about that bet? I feel it's a solid bet. I just don't know how to bet it.
1: If you feel it's a solid bet, you don't even have to say that I don't know how to bet it because I was going to give you the answer already. I think everybody listening knows the answer. It's bet online, baby. There's no shortage of action going on with our partners at betonline.ag because the sports world is quickly making its way back. Nay, sports are back. Thank sweet infant baby Jesus swaddling golden fleece diapers, as Will Farrell once said in Talladega Nights. But sports are back. We already got baseball, hockey, basketball, and as of late this week, football is making its return. And Bet Online has the best odds and the best lines for the upcoming games and matches. And if you need more, Bet Online has simulated NFL action that you can get into if you just can't wait to get your finger on the trigger button. When the actual NFL season starts, you can play the simulated games. Also, they have NBA and UFC simulated games. They happen live every day for our devout gamblers to check out. BetOnline also offers hundreds of live casino games, poker tournaments, and the best props in the business. Visit BetOnline.ag on your computer or mobile device and join now to receive your welcome bonus. BetOnline.ag. Ching! Your online wagering
0: experts. So, the vision of the NFL's future is clearing like the cannonade smoke from a Civil War battlefield. My wow. earlier allusion was to the higher likelihood that we're actually going to see a season, and the NFL and the players have agreed to some terms.
1: So, why do you say higher likelihood and not 100%? Because they just agreed that they're going to play. Are you just implying that it, you know, who knows what happens when they start playing? Or does this deal not mean that they're officially playing?
0: They say they're playing today, but couldn't you see a scenario where COVID hits and it goes like wildfire through a team?
1: Right, right, right. I sure. mean this or all, or if all somebody predicated. dies, which sounds morbid and, and weird, but it's like, well, yeah, if, some, if somebody died, that, that'd be pretty tough. So, yeah, there could definitely be a, a disaster that strikes further. Obviously, now we know nothing is out of the question these days, but... The NFL PA and the NFL reached uh, their second deal of the year it looks like amazing this is historic right and they are planning to play games
0: yeah it looks like everybody want to make this happen there were a couple of I'll just go through a couple of the points obviously everybody's heard by now that the preseason's been canceled each team is required to test players and staff at least twice before allowing them to enter the facilities which probably pushes training camps back to yeah. early August where we're there now every player is going to be tested. Every day for two weeks there in camp, if the rate of positive tests is below 5%, tests will be provided every other day. So that, that sort of points to my point. What happens if it's well above 5% and actually, you know, this stuff sits undetected. It could infect 10 guys before you know it. That, that was my point. It goes back to earlier conversations we had, like, what does a team do when the starting offensive line can't yeah, play
1: yeah the whole room or whatever so that, that what's that four people if they're doing 80 man rosters if you get four people or more who have it uh then they're not shutting down they're just continuing daily testing instead of going to every
0: other day correct first of all let me congratulate you on that quick math
1: oh i have a calculator I tried to play oh. it off like it was chill. but And then, okay. you know what? In my defense, and everybody, just believe me here, afterwards I was like, oh, we could have done 10% and just cut that in half. But it's, this is live television. A lot of you don't know that. This gets broadcast live in Bangladesh. Uh, you guys hear it later on a podcast situation. So I went with the calculator. But for people... It, I'd like to go to bet online right now and make a wager that there's definitely at least one team that's going down because it seems like all the reports from the college teams, granted they have a ton more players, you know, they got to have like a hundred guys out there in training camp. Everyone's got like, Oh, six to 12 people have tested positive. So maybe those reduced numbers will, will keep it smaller. But, um, has there been any news on how quickly they get those results back? Are these day of results? Are they getting like expedited
0: or is that even possible? Do not know do not know but with the nfl's 15 billion billion dollars in revenue i'm sure they can get those things overnight
1: i would think so yeah do you think that there is a moral uh, conundrum there where more i guess so there's an independent uh, company i don't remember the name of them but they're the ones who are going to be administering the test they won the bid uh, to get the NFL's exclusive contract. So I guess they're private companies. so in that way, it's like... I don't know how that complicates it, but is there a moral um, conundrum here in where the NFL teams are getting priority over the general public for
0: getting quicker testing? Stop with the communist drivel. The man mm. who has the money gets the tests. It's like if
1: they're not giving I- the tests out on that day... I don't know. They got people working there. Maybe make a couple more jobs for these uh, saliva examiners. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's just, but that's a legitimate question. I mean, it's something to like, to monitor going forward. Uh, obviously, we don't, we don't, we don't care. We just want to see football and we're bad people, but who cares? You know, the Steelers are going to be out there.
0: I don't know. You mean it's, it's the way our system works. Is it, is it, uh, Morally repugnant to some people, will the NFL? You know, with it, it does give hefty amounts of money to charity, and you know, what I, I don't think know if that, ex- that doesn't excuse it, Blech. people who don't want to see football. So there you go. So and if you don't okay. want to see football,
1: you're borderline treasonous. So okay, let's 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 keep keep moving through here. So we got we're testing the players first two weeks, every single day. If the rate of if they get less than four guys. Positive, then they will move to every other day testing. If they got four more guys, they're going to continue testing every single day. What's this? What, what, what financial impact is this all going to have on the NFL this year?
0: Well, I'm glad you asked that question. We did a tad bit of research before coming here. So 75% of the NFL's revenue comes from national broadcast rights, uh, sponsorships, and merchandise sales. This means that, you know, you could The NFL could be losing between $2 billion and $4 billion, some stories say. Forbes, who, you know, I go to Forbes, their business magazine, sure. they think it could be as high as $5.5 billion. And that is the money that comes from tickets, luxury suites, food, parking passes, probably a lot from parking passes. Mm. So the question is, who's going to take the hit? And We talked about this over the last couple of weeks. So you know that the... Um, the CBA calls for the players to get 48% of revenue. Right. So that pool is just less. It's not like the players have to spend. But how? this goes back to my question. I'm still foggy about how this is going to work because there are players with guaranteed contracts who right. need to get paid according to the contract. But let me go through a couple of the numbers here. The salary cap for this year is $200 million, and they decided to, to keep it there. Next year, it's going to $175 million. That's but bad. they still don't know. That's just sort of setting a marker out there because they do not know how much the shortfall is going to be. Yeah, is that just so, predictive?
1: Is yeah. that $175 million set in stone or is that like, hey, we're predicting this is what it's going to look like?
0: That, so what I read is that any shortfalls in revenue will be made up by reducing the salary cap through the 2023 season. So I think that 175 is a hard number. Uh-huh. Because they could, they can make adjustments in the in twenty twenty two and twenty twenty three. I think they need to know that number just to start planning today. Right. So the, it may be it may be better, it may be worse. If it's worse, then twenty two and twenty three are going to look even worse than one hundred and seventy five million. It's going to be really interesting. You know, the way the owners wanted to handle this was to take thirty five percent of the players' salaries and put them into an escrow, and depending how the revenues went the players would either get some or all of that money or lose all of that money because they can't predict yet how bad the uh, damage is going to be. I mean, the NFL is looking for other ways to make money, and one of the ideas that I read about is tarp all the bottom... tarp the seats in the stadium and put a sponsor's logo on it since we're going to have sure. some games with, with no fans at all. So who's it going to really hurt? Um, the players wanted to spread out the losses over 10 years. Finally... As I said, they're going to they're gonna agree to do this over three years. They're going to absorb all these losses. So I think what people want to know... Well, they want to know that the free agents and generations of future college players are going to get hurt because the, the veterans have their, have their guarantees. I think what I was going to lead
1: into is, sure, college players are going to get hurt by this, younger guys who don't have their money, but you know who's really going to get hurt by this? And let's just say it. It's the Pittsburgh Steelers. I mean, they're... I don't know if I can see any other angle on this besides they're screwed beyond belief. If it's going down to 175000000 million, they'd be $15 million over that 2021 cap right now, and that's without Juju signed, with Watt playing on his option, Hayward scheduled to reach free agency, Hilton not signed. I don't know what DeCastro's situation is like, but I don't think it's ideal. I mean, these are these are it you can make the argument that every team's going to be in the same boat. You know, there are other teams with great players and, and and maybe Mahomes stretching that cap hit out will help the Chiefs and Lamar Jackson still being on a rookie deal will help the Ravens. But do you think that old saying of like the salary cap isn't real you can always find a way to move money around so that you can keep your team intact do you think the Steelers will be able to do something like that do you think the Steelers are going to be screwed with a massive exodus of players as a um, as an unfortunate byproduct of having a loaded roster and and of course you know from my standpoint if that happens what a tragedy we waited 10 years for a defense it finally comes together you lose the quarterback now you got the quarterback on paper there's Reason to believe this could be the most balanced, best Steelers team since the Super Bowl years, which is weird to say because we saw the Killer Bees. But of course, that defense for the Killer Bees—it wasn't bad. It was horrific. It was—it was terrible. Moments of competency, but overall, they were leaving Gronkowski uncovered for touchdowns <laughs> routinely, right? And when I mean uncovered, I mean not lining cornerbacks on him or and or, or any players. I will never forget that moment. But okay, so. I guess that's my question. And maybe is it too early to tell? But do you think the Steelers are screwed? Do you think they can move around money or obviously like a wait and see? That's a lot of guys to get signed.
0: That's a lot of questions. Too many questions. First thing is, yeah, they can can still make a lot of moves. The problem is now they have to find um, $250 million, right? I mean, that is a big number. And they're mm. going to lose guys. I mean, the, the, that's the problem with a, a well-built team. There are a lot of stars on the team, and I think there's going to be a redistribution of wealth. And I don't mean financial wealth; I mean talent wealth throughout the NFL now. Because I disagree with you. I think a lot of teams are going to get squeezed by this thing, and unless you're, you know, a team with a rookie deal quarterback, and um, right. you know, or you're a yeah, yeah. total rebuild like the well, Browns are sort of past it now, but Miami. Um, those kind of teams are going to be able to pick up some of the, some of the stars are going to be lost by the Steelers. Yeah, maybe and they others. could
1: get good. Maybe the Miami or the New York Jets or something. Those teams could get good in a hurry when Cam Hayward and T.J. Watt and Juju Smith <coughs> Schuster go playing for them. That's disappointing because you're right. I mean, it's a it's a, a byproduct of having a great team, but not to this level where the salary like they've, they've taken years to plan out how to carefully fit all these guys on the roster but then to get the salary cap slashed because of a pandemic I mean that's a tragedy so I guess the positive spin is this year the adrenaline addiction will be borderline hazardous for us Steelers fan because chips are in the middle how do we trade for hotel what do we got to do
0: well, you can do it. You're going to have to give up a few players. <laughs> let me let me just let I'm me joking. tell you about the. I'm looking at uh, I'm looking at the rankings of teams according to salary cap and the excesses. You know who's right around us? You know, obviously the Chiefs just signed that blockbuster deal, uh-huh. but teams that we care about, the Ravens have a a lar- larger overage over the cap space than we do. We're sixteen and a half million. They're a little over seventeen million dollars. The mm. Patriots aren't far behind with fifteen million dollars. So I know it's not in our you know division How? but we're gonna play that's them so crazy hmm?
1: that's so it's so surprising to me i mean you're looking at the numbers and i'm like who the hell are the patriots even pl- paying they don't have anybody on the books cam newton's not making anything is this like former contracts i mean I guess stefan gilmore gets paid a lot that's just surprising to me but you you bring up a good point i mean even look at the browns like baker's contract's gonna come up soon and then that's an insanely expensive roster. you got hotel Landry, all these free agents they signed. They just signed the, the helmet, the Skull Crusher, uh, to a long-term deal as well. It, yeah, it would really affect a lot of teams. But, damn, the Steelers are really up against it.
0: You're, you're going to be surprised to learn that the Browns still have the most cap space in the NFL, $12.5 million double the next team, which they now list Crazy. as the Washington, fo- the Washington football team. The, the Washington,
1: by the way, side note. Everyone's making fun of them for that placeholder name. I kind of like it. It's kind of a baller move. Yeah, we're the Washington football team. You know that they're doing numbers on the helmets for the for the Washington football team now. Like Alabama right. style, like college style.
0: It's pretty cool. No, I didn't know that. No. Yeah, I
1: like it. They kept the colors, cool. though, which is good. They got to keep the colors. Those are kind of legendary. No other team I can really think of in any sport. Maybe the Minnesota Golden Gophers. They're close, but it's a little gross. Those The burgundy and yellow... Pretty regal, like the numbers on the helmet. I would just keep them as the Washington football team. Although I think you and I both know that they'll probably name it something more offensive than what they did before.
0: <laughs> no comment. The third, the, the team with the third most available salary cap is are the Bengals. The good news for us is they just don't know how to hire, mm. draft. Well, they know so, how to yeah, draft. The They are... know how to draft. They just don't know how to finish. We'll see. So, to your point, is there going to be an exodus of talent? It's hard to see that it won't, and you're going to have to pick and choose. And I, I sort of wonder if Cam, you know, might be a casualty because of his age. I mean, he's, he's it seems like he's at the height of his sine wave as far as productivity goes. Yeah. But is he going to hit, you know, pe- people are going to read this, and is, are guys like that apt to go off a cliff at some point because he's, what, he's 31? He's 31. That would be
1: insane to lose him because he's still going to be great for a couple more years. But then, yeah, it's it's going to end. He's he's on the back nine for sure, but he's also at his peak. So I guess those are some, sort of conflicting statements that way. But all pro the past two years, and he deserves it. You know, that all pro is such a, a better indicator of a player's performance rather than a pro bowl, which is borderline popularity contest. But, wow, to think you could lose that guy, I don't know. Could you Could you lose? I'd rather... Damn! What would you do? Cause to well, it, so I guess we're we're getting uh, we're getting ahead of ourselves here. But uh, that that is the news. Like, hey, we've we've learned that the salary cap is going to get drastically reduced. You're going to see some big names go. I I would be down to put a bet on Bet Ag right now that Juju's gone for sure. We've already been thinking that, and I think if Deontay plays as well as people think he will, they're going to have no problem letting him go. Let alone having Claypool and Washington, the forgotten man. Who? Could, yeah, this isn't Marcus Wheaton or whatever. This is a guy. Well, I loved Marcus Wheaton, but this is a guy who could be really good as well. So Juju will be an easy one to let go. But and TJ's not going anywhere for sure. Bud's going to be gone for sure, for sure. Right? That's all done now. And then what do you do with Cam? I don't know. You sign yeah. Ben for five more years. That's what you do.
0: Yeah. Well, that's one of the problems with our our cap, right? So the question is, can you? Can you eke your way through with a one-year contract for Cam? But the problem is the full sixty million that he'll be paid, or whatever. I mean, what, what, what will he get in year one? But um, you can't amortize it. He, the guy like was arguing before, a five-year contract would be better. Mm. To give him his money up front and spread that out over half a decade. Right. So the Steelers, interestingly, are um, projected to produce one hundred fifty-six million dollars, based on uh, totals from like I was saying, ticket sales, concessions, et cetera, they're ranked right first in the conference. The Ravens are behind us with $150 million, The Browns get 113, million, and the Bengals get $99 million from their ticket and concessions. So that's what we're competing with. But the Steelers' revenue from tickets and, uh,
1: Skyline Chili, by the way. Sorry, I don't want to interrupt, but let's just state
0: the obvious here. Well I think the Steelers are right at the median at right at the median in terms of ticket and concession sales so they're gonna be hurt in proportion to every other team.
1: Sure yeah we, we've talked about that before it is sad that you th- shouldn't the Steelers be like the best attended games in the league I mean what a football city but who knows if maybe it's just been priced out for other people and uh, just you just get so spoiled by winning Like I still see people on Twitter saying Bell and Brown never won anything. We won like 70% of their games when those guys were on the team. And by the way, I know people don't like Bell and Brown. Do not blame you at all. They left in really crappy fashion, to put it lightly. But to think that Bell and Brown (laughs) and the offense were the reasons that the Steelers didn't win a Super Bowl during that time period is hilarious. But what I'm trying to say is... Who knows? Like, if that's the expectation, like, if you don't win a Super Bowl, you suck. I don't know if that's why people don't go to games as much as they should in Pittsburgh. And that's why you're saying they probably middle of the league when you'd expect they'd be right towards the top, especially with how loyal the fan base is and how active they are going to away games, how active they are on Twitter, how knowledgeable they are about football. It really is a big deal. But I guess going to the games is a different thing. And then, of course, now, you know, they're, they probably won't be allowed to go, go to the games. But I always find that a weird statistic when you, when you hear that they're in the middle of the pack.
0: Well, more to follow because I'm still a little cloudy on how they handle people. With, you know, if you've got a contract paying you $3.5 million a year, you have a contract. They've got to pay that. So that's got to come out of some other players' pocket. And like I was saying before, that's going to be free agents. That's going to be cutting some stars. And that's going to be out of uh, players coming out of college. Well, hey, do you know, um, speaking of attendance, the Jets and the Giants are the first were the first teams to say they're gonna play without fans. They at all. Aren't. I think they're what they're doing, they're following sort of their, their state mandates. Right. And uh, it's sort of understandable. They're New York. New
1: York was one of the biggest disaster cities as far as the Covid outbreak, one of the, the major two or three cities, and now they're one of the better cities in the country if I'm not mistaken because of that policy to just clamp down on it and I am just wondering how that's going to affect the Steelers because of course the Steelers are in the Giant stadium week one Monday night my initial reaction besides just being bummed you know what a, what a great atmosphere that would have been but at the same time you know that the whole country is watching you play on TV I don't know if they're going to do the digital fans or pumping the noise I'd be willing to give it a shot <clears throat> but I sort of think it's going to be an advantage for the Steelers because of two reasons uh one main reason which is which is Ben Ben has admitted over the years especially in that first game that he gets jitters and some healthy nerves and I think that it is visibly noticeable with him Uh, not just because he said it but you saw him against the Patriots last year sure with a um with a bum elbow at the time so that's a little different and by the way I said this during, earlier in the offseason. If you go back and watch that Patriots game that they got blown out in the first week, it's not as bad as you remember. Like he, They were moving the ball a little bit. They just missed some fourth downs, and uh, the, the defense got scored on three straight times, and then the game was basically out of hand. But I digress. The year before, he threw like three picks against Cleveland in the rain, trying to force the ball to A.B., and he just looks jittery, and he says he doesn't get comfortable until t- t- he takes his first big hit. And he realizes, oh, okay, I'm okay. I can take these hits. Sort of knocks the shock out of him. He gets into it. I've noticed he's also a guy who needs to knock the saran wrap off with big passes. He, he, he's not the guy that you can get into a rhythm by dinking and dunking. He needs to hit those intermediate or deep passes to, to get in a rhythm. And sometimes it just doesn't come. And he'll be extra nervous this year, I'm sure, because he hasn't played in an NFL football game in such a long time. So I... Obviously, this goes with the caveat that once he gets comfortable, no demon in hell can stop this man from throwing touchdowns. But I wonder if not having fans there will lower the pressure and he'll just be playing like it's backyard football. I know this is a little bit of a, of a bar, you know, bar stool type of conversation here, but I think that that's a legitimate wonder for Ben, and that could be a big advantage for him.
0: So I think... Ben, there's a potential for him to have an explosive first game. It's sort of like when I play golf every seven years. I have a great first outing, and it's <laughs> downhill from there. But here's here's the question. Yeah, I, I think maybe not having fans, uh, that's interesting. Maybe it will be a little less pressure. Can I just ask you – well, yeah. I'm just going to state my opinion. I can see the benefit of having the stadium noise, uh-huh. but I don't like it. I think I think it's just – I don't want one more thing in my life that's fake, that I you can't depend on. You know, you've got fake news, you've got fake videos, you can't tell what's real. I'm not really excited about that, although I can understand it, that why people would want to just hype the excitement with noise. So what do you think, you know, when we're listening to a game normally, really the they do have the crowd noise, but you're sort of overridden by the, the commentators.
1: Well, Holden Caulfield, I, I actually have an opinion that we know uh, would not bear, bear fruits, which is they need to pump up the volume on the player mice, and we get to hear the real crap talk that would be happening. XFL. Right? But uh, that's not going to happen. So I have heard from a couple friends who have seen, like, some soccer games. Well, they were friends so they said they saw the soccer games. And they heard the, the fake noise, and they're like, it's... Kind of weird when you first see it, but it just settles into the background and and you dig it like anything else. I could go either way. I I guess I would need to see it. It reminds me sort of of the rainbow puck they did in the NFL. I don't know if that was 80s or 90s, but uh, it was on Wayne Gretzky's 3D Hockey, which is my favorite uh, hockey video game, so that's where I was aware of it. But I know that people hated that. You thought it would help because it's hard for a non-experienced hockey viewer to see the puck so they're like we'll make a rainbow people said we hate that take it away so i would just need to see what it's like and i guess i was thinking uh, just a little bit deeper about this thing with ben having an advantage with fans or no fans and there you hear a lot of nba commenters talking about that concept when the NBA decided to play in the bubble, they said some guys are actually practice all-stars. And for whatever reason, they can't really get it together in the game. And maybe they, you know, they score eight points a game, but in practice they're a 15-point guy. And then they said some guys don't play that great in practice, but they feed off of the energy in, in the crowd. And then there's another group of guys who always play well. You know, they're just prepared. They're beasts. I'm sure the level of preparation that Rodgers and Brady and those, you know, the annoying list, those guys are going to play well no matter what. We have said over the years, I mean, this is part of what makes Ben such a fun player to watch. He's, I don't want to say he's like an emotional player, but it's the thing where like when he gets hot, it's legitimately top level of quarterback play that you could ever see. I mean, we've seen him do things, especially in the past four years, against historic defenses in Jacksonville and in Denver and Seattle. Not just have big games, but have mon- mon- monstrous like eruptions to dominate the best defenses we've seen in the year. So, he can get so hot. And then, you know, he'll throw 12 touchdowns in two weeks, and then he'll play the Michael Vick Jets and we'll lose the game, and he won't throw for any yards. So, I think Ben is one of those guys, I'm sure he plays great in practice, but he does feed off of the energy of the crowd. But also, I think in maybe the first games of the season, it makes him a little bit you know, nervous. And I wonder if that just comes from the fact that it doesn't seem like he's a, a, a big preparation guy. And, of course, he prepares uh, and studies, but some of these NFL quarterbacks, they're sick in the head, you know, with the amount of preparation that they do for other teams. So that's why I think that could be a legitimate case for him. By the way, but speaking of preparation, I don't know if you saw the videos of him uh, doing the charity work this week. He legitimately looks thinner than he has maybe in 10 years. So the preparation this offseason has been nice.
0: Good to hear. Let's do this. Let's you and I place a wager, friendly wager, we can All do right. it on Bet Online about how many yards in the air Ben's first pass will go. Pick your number before we say it out loud. We'll just both blurted out at the same time.
1: Both both, Whoa. Both blurted out at the same time?
0: So nobody's, like, playing off the other guy's number.
1: Okay, we'll say 3, 2, 1, and then we'll say the number as the zero, okay. all right?
0: 3, three two, 2... 1. Well, Negative 1. 20.
1: I think they're going to do a screen. I think they're going to do a screen. I think they're going to get cute.
0: All right, I'm recording that. Plus 20 for Tom and minus 1 for Nicholas. And we will record this on the Calandre and... We'll report back to you after the first game well, to that's see who won big the bet.
1: Story. That's the big story about this season. You have to assume that the defense is going to pick up where it left off. Maybe not at the beginning of the year because they usually are poopy at the beginning of the year. But they should have a little bit of an advantage because none of the offenses in the NFL are getting the proper preparation this year because of COVID. So defenses might be at an advantage in the beginning of the year. So that bodes well for the Steelers. Of course, things can change. We know that. But on paper, that defense should be able to... Actually, they should be able to be better than they were last year if they can stay healthy, because you get another year with Minka. Now you know you have him. Devin Bush is in his next year. You you have so much continuity. So let's assume that's the constant. On offense, any person who really watches the Steelers in depth knows that it's actually a very talented squad. The line is good, solid, not as dominant as it once was, but very good. They have a little bit of depth. The running backs, it's a little, little questionable, but... James Conner is a very good back if he can stay healthy and healthy, excited about McFarland. Other than that, I have some worries about that running back core. The receivers are the big thing that Steelers fans know. Like, hey, this receiver core is exciting. And we've seen a lot of good receivers in Pittsburgh. The question is, is Ben going to be able to gel with an entirely new receiving core? He's never, I mean, he's played with guys before, but Juju, Deontay, Washington, Claypool, and Eric Ebron advance before but that's a that's a huge change and he's a rhythm guy when he gets a good rhythm with a player th- him and Aaron Rodgers have that kind of quality of being able to throw back shoulders to certain guys that they're comfortable with where it's kind of unbeatable football but that's a lot to get used to especially in a season where the off season has been truncated so that's the big question how quickly can he adjust to them and what will happen that way so a lot of interesting things and i do think that the fans maybe it'll help not having the fans for that first game
0: in, in new york well speaking of big stories and i thought uh, you were setting me up for this next one when you mentioned minka fitzpatrick how about this blockbuster trade new york jets jamal adams to the seattle seahawks that they, they spent some capital capital on that. yeah they did so seattle traded
1: an absolute king's ransom, borderline quarterback type of trade uh, to get Jamal Adams, who many, cons- many consider to be the best strong safety in the league. You know, but it's basically this group of Minka as a free safety, but Derwin James and Jamal Adams, th- those are the freaks right now at safety. And there's plenty of other good guys, but Jamal Adams is kind of another level. But Seattle trades a first and a third in this coming draft, along with a first the next year, so two first-round picks, And a third. And their starting safety, Bradley McDougal, who's a very solid starting safety. So from the Jets' standpoint, this is an absolute home run. Jamal Adams was going to complain his way out of the New York Jets organization one way or another. They just dropped a big story in one of the New York newspapers that um, – what's that guy's name? Meta, that reporter. He – Jets beat guy dropped this story about Jamal Adams spilling the tea – on Joe Douglas, the Jets' GM, Adam Gase, the coach. And it was just the writing's on the wall. Unfortunately, we've all seen how that can end up in Pittsburgh. And like I said before, some people thought the Antonio Brown stuff would start a trend of players doing this. And I said, I think more people will do it, but it's still going to take a special, loud kind of guy who's confident and extremely good to be able to have that kind of leverage and Jamal Adams was making it clear that that was going to happen whereas so the Steelers get a three and a five for a guy who, a player who's legitimately worth two first round picks at least in Antonio Brown the Jets get two firsts a third and they still have a starting safety so this is amazing because the Jets have tremendous they have holes everywhere they, they literally don't have a single thing to hold to hang their hat on and now they can really begin to put that together although they'll probably screw it up. So some people are trashing the Seahawks for this move because they traded so much to get Jamal Adams, but I kind of love it. I have said on this podcast repeatedly, I like when teams push their chips into the middle of the table when it is clear that they have an opportunity. Russell Wilson right now is God mode in 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 quarterback terms. This is... The second-best quarterback in the league. After Patrick Mahomes, there is no better one-man band than Russell Wilson. He's accurate, deep, short, intermediate, one of the best scramblers by his time, great leader, has seen every single kind of defense. He's tough. He's, he's the man right now. They have him in his prime, similar to what Ben was doing a couple years ago uh, for the Steelers and maybe even at an extra level to that. They have phenomenal receivers around him, DK Metcalf and um, uh, Lockett, and a bunch of good tight ends. Their defense is just average. If that, At best, they're average. We know what happened to the Steelers when they had a phenomenal offense and an average defense. It took too long for the defense to get good. It takes a long time to draft the players and to get them the experience to, to, to make a good defense. All right? But the, the Patriots got to the Super Bowl trading for a bunch of defensive players. The Jaguars almost got to one trading for a couple of defensive players. The Rams did. They traded for some guys, brought them in. And I think that the Seahawks adding Jamal Adams, who's not just a talented guy. This is one of the best players in the league. They have now taken their defense from good to very interesting. I'm not going to say they're going to be one of the best defense in the league, but you got Bobby Wagner, a middle linebacker, the best middle linebacker, some other decent linebackers, and you got Adams and Quandre Diggs at safety. Quandre Diggs is a Pro Bowl safety. If they can keep Jadavion Clowney on the front line, and bear with me, guys. I know this is a lot of Seahawks talk. We'll spin it back to the Steelers in a second here. But if they if they can keep Clowney, now they have enough to rock and roll. And yes, they gave up an absolute king's ransom to do so. But listen, you know Russ isn't going to be at this level forever. And you're not going to be able to keep all those receivers forever. So I kind of like it. And the way that I relate it back to the Steelers is I really wish the Steelers had found a way to do this during the Killer Bees era. And maybe there wasn't an, an opportunity that presented itself. I can't think of a guy who was available, uh, you know, at the time. And it's easier said than done. And it is a bit weird because you want the Steelers to have their first round picks when you can because they generally do very well with them. But now we've seen. Look what just happened. They get Minka Fitzpatrick when you're willing to trade a first round pick. And granted, that also relates to this Jamal Adams story because now the Minka Fitzpatrick trade, oh, my goodness. This is a a steal is an understatement. Kevin Colbert is an absolute unbelievable GM. I mean, he got AB out of there. He got Martavis out of there for for everything. We got Deontay Johnson out of these things. I mean, he's constantly making things happen. Underrated guy in the national media. But I guess that's just what I'm trying to say is I know that it's not – economically an awesome trade if you put it in a vacuum, but I don't play by those rules. I don't play by those rules. I have testosterone. I try to win Super Bowls. You know what I do? I sell tickets. Why? Because I try to win Super Bowls. And that's what Seattle just did. They have their new camp chancellor. Uh, He's got such an attitude. He's perfect for their team. Love what they did there. The Steelers obviously made an easy trade for Minka Fitzpatrick in retrospect. Like, what the availability and the price was incredible. So they're not one-to-one. But I just think it's a good example to talk about how people run teams. And granted, the Seahawks have made a lot of dumb trades in the past. uh, So who knows what their track record is with that. But this guy's pretty damn good.
0: Well, we'll go back to the original conversation we had at the beginning of this podcast and the corner, the corner that Seattle has painted itself in. I mean, Adams has a year left on his contract, and then they have to talk about real money. And the problem is they're $4 million over the cap before we account whatever to, for whatever deal he got. Right. So, And they're not going to, you know. Good point great point so that's gonna that's gonna really put them in a bind next year so it'll be interesting to see they're gonna be shedding players too and as you pointed out they can ill afford to shed a lot of uh defensive players
1: so I guess clown he's not sticking around in that case and and Jamal Adams is gonna want to be the highest paid safety in the league and that's what you're gonna have to pay him but at the same time he's amazing and he's perfect for what they do I mean Pete Carroll in this Seahawks era They've always had an amazing safety. You know, they had two, two Hall of Fame caliber safeties on one team. It was insane. And so that being said, I don't mind making him the highest paid safety in the league. And uh, so, yeah, I don't know. It, it doesn't make s- Like, on paper, if you want it to all make sense that way, whatever. I I... I would be comfortable sleeping a night with that. They're, it's not the same as if the Bengals traded for him or somebody who's not in a Super Bowl contention. I like when people push their chips in the middle, figure out what to do later. You know, if you're the Seahawks and you have a quarterback like Wilson, you can let receivers go. That's big money that you can let go and find elsewhere. Like, they'll be able to make it happen. So I like what they did because I just feel like the Steelers – Organization really played with fire during the Killer Bees era thinking that they could trot out the guys that they trotted out on defense and they got what they deserved and they wasted multiple chances at a Super Bowl because they weren't willing to just roll the dice.
0: Well, you can push as many chips as you want in there and you can pay your safety as much as you want, but you've got to shave some money from somewhere. Well, it's hard to shave some
1: money for some, from anywhere, really, but thanks to Manscaped, It's not difficult at all to shave some hair from down there. Because I'm talking about Manscaped precision tools for your family jewels. The Manscaped Lawnmower 3.0. This is a mechanism that has been created by scientists. It's been beautifully designed to reduce those painful nicks and tugs. Dare say, reduce, reduce eliminate almost i am a personal user of the manscaped lawnmower 3.0 and yeah reduces too soft of a word i've never experienced any type of shit manscaping excuse me related injury and like i said earlier i got testosterone you need tools what are you going to go do? You're going to build a house screwing all the nails in and screws in? You can't really screw a nail in. You're going to screw all the screws in with a screwdriver? No! Get a damn drill, son. They got a drill for you, and it's called the Manscaped Law 3.0. They got all kinds of stuff. They got oils and ointments and, and uh, anti-chafing creams. Very useful. It's the kind of stuff that... You, it sort of sounds like a luxury when you first hear it pitched and then you use it and you realize your life has been changed and it's not a luxury, it becomes a necessity. And not just because, oh, I've, I've bought into this, I, I have to do it now. No, because you realize the quality of my daily life has been improved. And others in my life have thanked me for it. So get 20% off and free shipping if you use the code armchair at manscaped.com.
0: I had a leak in that first
1: beer. Oh, well, I ain't got to take care of that.
0: Did you hear the news? What news? We picked up a tight end with a great name of Dax Raymond. Dax Shepard? Oh. Raymond?
1: Raymond. Oh, I thought we were talking about the Hollywood actor and the great uh, podcast
0: host, Dax Shepard. He's pretty big. Uh, I've got to read more. Dax Raymond, 64245 out of Utah State. He was a, uh, an undrafted free agent last year, caught on with the Bears for a time, got injured in preseason, um, waived. That ended up on the practice squad by the end of the season. So he is available, and the Steelers picked him up by waving one Christian Scotland-Williamson. Yep, it's too experiment. bad to see him go.
1: Too bad to see him go. Yeah. But i got to be honest, whenever they have the guy like the rugby guy in camp, I'm legitimately just not a fan of that. And no offense to Christian Scott Williamson, but it's like, oh, you know that thing that's never worked before? Let's have a roster player doing that. Maybe this guy will work. Oh, yeah, maybe you'll work, Dad. You're big enough to play tight end. No, it's not going to happen. No offense. But now they got a guy from a team that legitimately had 11 tight ends on the roster at one point, I believe. Like, it's a running joke in the league. Why do the Bears think the path to the Super Bowl is simply through an overabundance of tight ends so of course some guys are going to slide through the cracks we got him through there I don't know I don't know much about him I know he's more pass catching rather than blocking which seems like a theme for Steelers tight ends who have been brought in this year but I think it's a good move that they were able to add some depth at a position of of, of real fright and if not depth competition because obviously the two guys in the top with Ebron and Vance that's the starters right there but Gentry you know, if he wants to be the next stork, if he wants to be the next Jesse James, the next outlaw, by the way, get Jesse back. What the hell? Jesse, you haven't caught a pass in two years. Come back. If he wants to be the next stork, he's going to need somebody to push him. So Dax Shepard, if by Dax Shepard, I mean Dax Raymond, will push him. But maybe if he listens to Dax Shepard's podcast, then he'll push him in, you know, emotional ways.
0: Well, make sure you watch his 2018 highlight tape. The most unexciting video I have seen since maybe you were 12 Interesting. So I had a story here, which you have now told me is not a story, but it's a story of a maybe you you people call it meta story about Antonio Brown retiring once again. We got a Twitter a tweet out last
1: Monday. Yeah, he retired for about an hour or two, which is why I didn't tweet about it when he first retired. I think it's funny when anybody tweeted that he was retiring uh, because he's retired like six times since he's retired the first time. He's always retiring. He retires every couple months. But I do have to give a lot of people in the national media credit because they were putting up some great memes that back up exactly what I just said. Like, okay, uh, we get paid to report this stuff, so I'm going to say he's, re- he's retiring again. He's not retiring. B- basically, everybody's aware that this means nothing cause, because pretty much immediately after he, he retired on Twitter so that he's accomplished everything that you can accomplish, he put up a, uh, a post on Instagram of Roger Goodell and basically saying, free me, I've done nothing wrong, I've cooperated you with every single way, like, let me play. So he, he retired, but he's back.
0: So I'm going to make a recommendation for the audience at home. Please do. You have to see Zach Banner reprising Flashdance. Check hmm. out his Twitter feed at ZBNFL, Zach Banner. He uh, does the whole... I, you know, I called you yesterday. I couldn't even talk; my tears were streaming from my eyes, and I was just yep. guffawing at this thing. He's—he's he's the. It was the perfect song to select for a guy of his uh, size and charisma. Check it out.
1: That is a man with personality. Uh, you also th- sometimes you think some of these linemen are are insane athletes, where they can jump out of pools. Um, he can't do that, based on some of the. But, but the pirouettes. My goodness, that's a man with some balance.
0: The man can dance. Hey, visit our website at SteelersOutpost.com. Check us out on Instagram at Steelers Outpost. Hit us up on Twitter at Steelers Outpost or shoot us an email at SteelersOutpost at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Until next week, go Steelers. Okay, bye-bye. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen.